Welcome back to episode 67 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I get my overall opinion on the series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Konosuba, God's blessing on this wonderful world. Season 2 was released in 2017 by Studio Dean. It has 10 episodes and an OVA. Konosuba comes in both sub and dub. I watched this season in sub. Usually I let my next show be picked out at random, but the Konosuba movie Legend of Crimson was coming out. I hadn't seen season 2, so I made it a priority to catch up. So Kazuma's facing the consequences from destroying a Lord's Manor last season, and I thought it was funny all the adventurers have his back until prison time is mentioned. We get to see who's really there for him, which made the positive retelling of his adventure in the Star Wars crawl even better. It describes his life as smooth with all these great friends, but the stress of prison was affecting his memory. Kazuma gets exposed in the trial. Every move he made last season is thrown in his face. He's even blamed for issues caused by the girls. And creative wording got him past the truth bell just for a corrupt judge to sentence him as guilty anyway. As for the punishment, repaying damages seems fair, but armored guard seizing all his assets like a medieval foreclosure was a bit excessive. They even tried to pry this man's tracksuit away like it was worth something. What I love about Kazuma is even when the chips are down, he's a winner. Dying aside, he goes from a drafty barn to a mansion, he always gets out of debt, and now has a $3 million deal on the table. One of my favorite moments is him and Aqua acting bougie, thinking they're set for life. I always defend Aqua. I said it in last season's review and I'll say it again. She's not a useless goddess, she's the most helpful party member we have. She works side jobs to help reduce the debt. It's not much, but at least she tries to contribute. And she gave Kazuma the tools to escape prison. The plan fails. She's left out in the cold, but still shows up the next night and tries to spring him again. Megamine complains about having to explore the dungeon. Aqua jumps right in purifying the undead and dealing with creatures attracted to her holy power. And her blessing heal into the afterlife gets them the pile of treasure. Kazuma blames Aqua for the lizard quest going wrong, but he shot the king instead of the queen. She has to resurrect him from snapping his neck. Her healing magic also kept darkness alive when destroying Vanya's mask, and protected her from getting run down by a raging pack of ostrich. The people of the Axis church turn on Aqua as a false prophet, and she still saves them. She pretty much uses Rasengan to finish off Hans, and purifies the town water supply. You can argue it ruined their economy, but the poison would have also done that. At least this way they have water that won't kill them. Aqua comes through when it counts, and is always ready to heal her party members and boost their stats. I don't understand why people think she's useless. The other two create more issues than Aqua. Megamine keeps putting points into explosion, making it more destructive. The aftershock woke hibernating toads that the crew has to deal with. She breaks the crystal ball at Wiz's shop and it somehow gets placed on Kazuma's tab. She gives his sword a ridiculous name branding it onto the handle and won't use explosion on the robot golem because she wants it as a pet, leaving the party hanging out to dry like laundry on Aqua's divine staff. In some issues, Kazuma helps Megamine create. They ignore the no explosion sign every day, not learning from the trouble it caused last season. And when explosion could be useful, he drains her powers getting everyone trampled by lizards. Darkness also pulls Kazuma into some annoying situations like facing Vanya and getting hunted by Ostrich, but she does some good too. She doesn't want her family ties known but still flashes her crest to save Kazuma from execution, which didn't come without consequence. 
She's practically wrestled into a fancy dress which for her is torture and not the kind she's excited by. Kazuma's views on equal rights doesn't just apply to fighting this time around. His unwillingness to conform to ladies first lands him in the bath with Megamine. And during his seasonal visit to the afterlife, she peeked at the package while graffitiing his corpse. I want Kazuma and Darkness together, but for a moment it looked like Megamine was sneaking in. There's a connection between Kazuma and Darkness, even the marriage prospect sees they belong together. Her father supports them and is overjoyed at the light Darkness is carrying Kazuma's child. At this point he might as well do it for real. Go for the older woman and knock Darkness down. I mean the description of her ideal man is pathetic and fits Kazuma perfectly. Kazuma's always pretty harsh on the girls but it's gotten worse. He abandons Aqua in the dungeon to be swarmed by enemies, hustles her at rock paper scissors knowing he never loses, and tells her if given the opportunity he'd trade her in for a new power in addition to all the things he said in the confessional booth. He constantly drained darkness in Megamine's powers. Sometimes it's to help Wiz but it's also punishment for annoying him. He soaked darkness in water before using ice magic on her and after all they've been through, he uses the arranged marriage as an opportunity to rid her from his party when she's only in that situation to save him. He tells her she's useless when real trouble occurs and manipulates her to use the crest so they can gain access to the hot springs. When the man traveling by wagon compliments the girls, Kazuma still refuses to acknowledge their positives. And the feeling of guilt knowing they caused the trouble stops him from accepting a reward. He has more of a heart for a stranger than he does for Aqua, Megamine, and Darkness. Yunyun's introduction is awkward for anyone who watched the season 1 OVA. It's the same premise, just a different location. Not that I'm complaining about Toad Slime wrestling, but there's nothing new of substance for Yunyun. They had 10 episodes to build on her character, but didn't. Aside from a few extra details, the OVA hit all the same notes in a single episode. Vanyar is a new character. He's a commander in the Double King's army and old friend of Wiz. I can't call him a villain, he's doing the same thing as Aqua and Kazuma, destroying creatures in the dungeon. And he stopped making bomber dolls when the monsters were defeated. Plus he didn't kill anyone, Darkness took no damage hitting the dolls, and Aqua's uninjured when one explodes on her. Vanyar's goal to be killed by heroes in such an over-the-top way is great. He's so invested in rigging the dungeon with traps and monsters, just for the payoff to be killing him is actually a favor. Watching him struggle to points of exhaustion taking over Darkness's body was amusing, and he provides the best fighting I've seen in Konosuba. Wiz is having a rough go. Her store isn't doing well and is practically hijacked by Vanyar. She's burned by Goddess Tears, fades away multiple times, and almost dies sleeping in Aqua's magic circle. But this is all karma for listening to Aqua's advice and not speaking up when Kazuma was shipped off to prison. Wiz has three great moments this season. The first is her fun bags getting fondled by Megamine's cat in a few scenes. It was very distracting. Second is the Dulahan calling out for her to join him on the other side. And third is turning up in the fight against Hans. Her ice attacks were sick. During the final fight, I couldn't take Kazuma serious with his dinky sword or trying to act cool shushing Wiz. But when he discovers slimes in this world are fearsome and Hans is a leader in the Devil King's army, I thought he was going to have another heart attack from those palpitations. Now I'd like to go deep on the OVA. Kazuma again tries to look cool but made an ass of himself in front of the barmaid. I was wondering when he started drinking whiskey because I only remember seeing him with mugs of ale. So when the other patrons start mocking him for barely being able to handle those, I knew I wasn't crazy. Finessing his way out of the drink by giving it to Ran is turned against him by the guild attendant, and she forces him to accept a kill quest. This adventure is back to basics. Darkness is moaning while getting tit-flicked by the golem. Aqua's whining not wanting to be there. And Megamine who always wants to use explosion won't. 
Darkness says it herself it's been so long since she's been on a quest like this. In the reveal Ran was paid to act impressed with Kazuma to get him off his ass in adventuring is savage. But he gets the last laugh with a dual panty steal. Coming into the review I'd only watched season 2 once and my memory convinced me it was equal to season 1. I've seen Konosuba's first season 4 times, once in dub, then in sub. I watched a YouTube channel I enjoy react to it, then I combed through it a final time in sub while preparing my review. Never once did I find my enjoyment or opinion of their first season diminish, so I really had to sit back and examine why it happened in season 2. I narrowed it down to three reasons. The first is separating main characters for a majority of the story. The OVA was the biggest eye-opener to this point. Konosuba shines because our misfits band together to complete quests in an unconventional way. Not having everyone on each adventure caused the season to suffer. I'll even go through every episode. The first episode Kazuma's in prison, interrogated alone before being put on trial, finishing with Darkness returning home. Episode 2, Darkness is missing when fighting the giant toads, Kazuma's with Megamine in the bath, ending with Megamine and Union acting up in Wizard's shop. Episode 3, Darkness is yet to return, Kazuma and Aqua go in the dungeon without Megamine. Episode 4, Darkness drags Aqua and Kazuma to her home, leaving Megamine behind. Episode 5, Darkness and Kazuma enter the dungeon to face Vanyar, while Aqua and Megamine wait outside. The best part is when the battle comes above ground and the team work together saving darkness. Episode 6 carries over that momentum with the whole squad taking on the lizards. Episode 7 starts with Aqua and Kazuma getting accustomed to wealthy living, followed by everyone doing their own thing in preparation for the vacation. Episode 8 starts well with a team effort against the Horde of Ostrich, then they split into pairs in the hot spring town and we follow Kazuma in darkness. Episode 9 is Aqua and Kazuma in the confessional booth, followed by an evil wooden barrier separating Kazuma from Megamine and Darkness in the hot spring. The most we get of everyone together is episode 10 when defeating Hans. Which brings me to the second issue, I hate Hans. He's a rushed boss with no real buildup. His evil plan is to slowly contaminate the hot springs. Ooh, scary. And a poison slime is lame compared to the duel of Han. The best thing about Hans is his defeat and that could have been done better. With him complaining about getting too clean at the bath mixed with him throwing away soap at the wharf, I thought that would be the weakness used to kill him. Instead he's taken down by the typical stuff like Megamine's explosion, Wiz's freezing magic, and Aqua's god power. The third and final reason why I think this season suffered is the wacky comedy wasn't there. I've come to expect the funny from these characters in their situations, but I didn't laugh like I did in season 1. Don't get me wrong, there are still funny moments, but every time I had a good chuckle it was from reused hits like Slime from the Giant Toads or Kazuma using Steel. Konosuba's production is also some of the most inconsistent I've seen. The water, horses, and hot spring town are gorgeous. The squishy sound effects of Kazuma and Megamine moving around after being coated in toad slime are excellent. And Kazuma has some wild tongue animations while locked up with darkness during Drain Touch. Then you have scenes that are plain sloppy. The best examples I can give is in the opening when Darkness is getting ready to hit the exploding rocks with everyone on the steel door, and when Kazuma is confronted about going to jail, the characters looked off. It's weird that Megamine's explosions and Aqua's magic are animated in color so beautifully, but these poor shots still make the cut. The opening song Tomorrow by Machiko is a great fit to the visuals, highlighted best when everyone is free falling from the sky. Usually I'll watch an opening once or twice for review purposes, but I couldn't skip this intro during my brush up watch. Some of it was the music, but a big part is the loose arm dance moves. I want to quickly mention the evidence continuing to stack for my speculation the Red Mohawk Man is actually the Devil King. Everyone's surprised by Darkness being a member of the Dustiness family, but Mohawk Man seemed more intrigued than shocked. 
He also comments on how happy everyone is after the death of Vanyar, like he knew the guy wasn't actually gone. And in the final scene, it shows him looking at Kazuma saying, you made it back alive from fighting Hans. Maybe you really are. I think he was going to say the one to defeat me. Now let's get into the nitpicks. I was cool with everyone criticizing Kazuma until the come hither hand gets called out. It's magnificent how dare the townspeople tarnish its alluring nature. It takes Kazuma a long time to make money by using knowledge from his world. That's Izakai 101, but better late than never. It looked like Kazuma would finally ditch the beginner gear, but doesn't have the strength to move around in the new armor set. And his freshly forged katana is too long to fit through doors. This could easily be fixed by putting it to the side, but he's not smart enough to figure that out. When Aqua sent Kiel to the other side, it bothered me they were on the edge of the magic circle instead of the center. The lady sent by the court knew the little mass dolls were explosive, but let one attach to Aqua and detonate before saying anything. For a guy with such high luck, it's pretty inconvenient Kazuma trips on a stone trying to sneak attack Vanyar in the dungeon. Darkness should have snapped her neck landing headfirst in front of the cave when Kazuma threw her to trap the ostrich. Aqua's Axis Church is a pushy cult. Every corner has a setup for people to join. I'm surprised the town continues to operate with those crazed recruiters scaring off tourists. Aqua isn't allowed in the hot springs because it turns to hot water, but isn't that what a hot spring is? I don't understand the difference. These clowns are so stupid in the OVA. Who doesn't search caves for treasure after a boss fight? In the opening, Megamine uses explosion as everyone falls from the sky. The hot air rising combined with the height they're plummeting from, I could buy the pink scarf acting as a parachute. Of course the other party members resting on top of it would make it collapse, but at least there was an effort to have it seem possible. Because it absolutely wouldn't work jumping out of a four-story building, gliding away when the mob came to snatch Aqua. Quote of the series. Cosmos tripped me against my will and wants to sell my most intimate possessions. Aqua really knows how to poorly phrase things, even I can't defend that one. But regardless, best girl is once again Aqua. Kazuma can act like he doesn't like her, but he rubs her back while she pukes rainbows and return to help her defeat Hans. Some of Aqua's best moments are screaming while being pushed and pulled in the giant toad's mouth. Another is her smirk when Kazuma's towel falls. And her banter with Vanyar when he got through the barrier was great. Aqua is still a waifu and the harem remains the same. Final thoughts. Watching Konosuba 2 the first time was great. Seeing all the characters again is fun but it fell flat after a second viewing. But even with its faults, I'd still recommend you check this season out. Especially leading into the movie, which will be reviewed soon. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.